beautiful soul family and welcome to the walk on podcast the podcast where i try to demystify spirituality personal growth and healing and whatever else i feel like talking about i'm your host Britt cannon and this week's episode is this little light of mine i'm gonna let it shine this little light of mine i'm gonna let it shine this little light of mine i'm gonna let it shine let it shine let it shine let it shine i was gonna call this episode but that's none of my business (laughs) i'll explain why in a minute But I decided to go with a more positive angle because, you know, I'm a hater at heart. And and sometimes I have to remind myself to take things in a positive direction and, and like, focus on the people who are giving me love versus the people who are giving me hate, <laughs> not love. And But sometimes that's who you want to talk to. You know, you're, that's who your ego wants to like scream at. But the reality is those people are not listening, so I don't need to talk to them. What I need to talk to are my soul family. Like who I need to talk to are the people who are catching this vibe, who are on my wavelength. Um, and I think we can commiserate and complain about the nasty hater <laughs> energies out there. You know, the people who who want to dim somebody else's light, we can complain about them, we can commiserate, but like that's not who I'm talking to. And I have to remind myself of that sometimes because I'm a little bit petty, you know? Like I come by it honest, I'll admit to it. Um, I always say like, I think, I guess that I understand (laughs) that there are people out there who are more evolved than me, people who teach these concepts, who have found themselves transcending the human, but I haven't and I don't want to. Um, so this, this episode is inspired by a few different things. Um, the, the first one being the fact that I get like so many negative comments on my podcast, like promo, my little TikToks and stuff, mainly on Facebook. My main negative comments come from Facebook, which is like no surprise there. I mean, if there is a less self-aware social media platform it's linkedin and that's it (laughs) you know it's like facebook and then linkedin bottom of the barrel um so it's no surprise like i don't take it seriously it doesn't really hurt my feelings or even it doesn't sting you know like i have dealt with rejection from day one me and rejection are best friends like (laughs) it doesn't bother me but i do find it interesting like because I make an effort to make my content as like non-confrontational as possible. Like I'm not trying to clout chase. I'm not trying to gotcha. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm out of the energy of being like, you know, um, y'all aren't ready for that conversation. (laughs) You know, like I'm, I'm out of, your fave is problematic. It's just not, I'm, I'm in a more nuanced place. I don't love to internet fight. So I'm not really trying to instigate any energy, you know, in that direction. I appreciate the people who do, but like it exhausted me and eventually I got burnt out. And when I'm burnt out, I can't help. So I have to be a little bit gentler and I prefer that method. You know, it's more true to who I am. It doesn't cause as much backlash and like, 
I not to say I won't stand up to someone and I can't get nasty. I definitely can and do. But for this <laughs> for this era of my life and like this podcast podcast's purpose, um, I'm just trying to spread love and to like help people get in touch with the infinite reservoir of love they have within themselves through a self-love and self-compassion lens. You know what I mean? So like, I don't really need to do all that, but the reality is with those lessons, I think you need to unpack the political. If you haven't listened to my episode, everything is everything. I get way deep into that whole concept there. But, you know, there is political in the personal and personal in the political. And and there is a certain amount of, like, activism that I think should be taking place if you are, like, if you walk your talk as a spiritual teacher and as someone who's healing and doing your own work. Like, if you're you're a capitalist in, like, the self-help world, which most of them are, you know, I feel like that's an issue because it means that you're like you're chill with exploiting someone else and you shouldn't be, you know? Um, so anyway, I, I try to stay in line with my integrity and not be a fucking pick me for the white supremacist, capitalist, cis heteropatriarchy while still talking about the political roots of things. But I feel like overall my message is very gentle. I try, I just want everyone to love themselves. Like I feel like the biggest issue, you can break down anything and at the heart of it is some form of self-love deficit, you know? And usually it's programmed from a systemic cause. So like we're all carrying heaps and heaps of shame within ourselves. And shame is the most uncomfortable emotion there is. Like it's, it really doesn't serve anyone at any time. It doesn't matter how terrible of a person you've been. Like shame isn't going to help you get where you want to go. So like the, the antidote to the poison of shame is self-love and self-compassion and understanding you were doing the best you could with what you had. And that compassion ends up pouring out into everyone you interact with. You know, you have a a gentler way of being when you understand how to be gentle with yourself. And so that's all I'm getting at, you know? And so it surprises me when people have these like visceral negative reactions to that message, just like everyone deserves to love themselves. And people are like, you're wrong and delusional. (laughs) Just like, okay, but like, or like community is a good thing and and we should be more loving and vulnerable towards each other and people are like how dare you say this this is garbage and it's just like whoa what where is this coming from like I'm being as palatable as I could possibly be I know that's not palatable enough for certain people but it's just like the message that like you should love yourself more and there is a way to do that is just like so offensive and and the reason why I was going to name this episode but that's none of my business with like the Kermit sipping the tea is because like it's everything is about vibrational frequency okay and so like there is a frequency of love and it doesn't know the difference between self-love or external love or platonic love or the love of a parent or the love of the universe right like love is love is love is love not to sound like a cheese ball but it is and if we don't find ourselves in vibrational alignment with love 
if we don't love ourselves, this is what the the often used and like <laughs> and and upsetting to hear little tidbit of advice a la RuPaul. Um, you know, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Like, I, I do think that there is truth to that. There, In my experience, I have definitely lived that that thing where I had a hard time, like, loving others properly because I didn't love myself. But it wasn't exactly that. It was more that, like, I couldn't receive love. Like, it didn't matter how much the other person was giving me. Like, it just bounced right off me because I wasn't in alignment with love. I didn't love myself. I didn't know what love felt like. I was unaccustomed to the feeling. And, you know, I saw a post in a subreddit this week about, I mean, I, I follow, I'm not in it, but I follow, because it's a little triggering, this group called CPTSD memes. And it's about like people with childhood trauma mostly, or who've been in abusive relationships, like making light of their trauma, which I happen to resonate with and enjoy. But it is a little like pre-healing, pre-recovery energy, you know? So sometimes it's a little upsetting the things that people post, but someone shared this thing that was like, um, stop telling me to get out of my comfort zone. Like I've never been comfortable. I've never felt safe in my life. Like how I need to like find a comfort zone before I can get out of it, you know? And, and like, I, I see the point in that, but I think that like for my experience my comfort zone was trauma like my comfort zone was chaos and that was evidenced by the people I was choosing like you know one really challenging person in relationship after another like one person who couldn't respect my boundaries or autonomy after another one person that treated me like a minion after another just like over and over and over the gaslighting the like gossip the betrayal just (laughs) and why was I going in that direction when I had people around me who loved me more you know like I had people around me who just like accepted me for who I was and just celebrated me when I was around and and those people I I definitely loved and spent time with and like took care to nurture relationships with but they were sort of on the back burner compared to the people who really challenged me but also had this feeling of like being home you know they were so familiar to me that it seemed better than the real love I was getting from people who just like kind of let me live you know and that is evidence that my comfort zone what I was used to what felt like home what felt natural to me was abuse and I and I had to step out of my comfort zone in order to lay boundaries in order to say no in order to remove myself from situations where I was being mistreated which is something that I wasn't capable of doing in childhood right I had to like learn how to step up and be the adult in my life that protected me and that stood up for me and that chose me and and so that's what I thought of when I read that post. It's just like, it's just a, you know, a different way of looking at it. But, but I do think that you're conditioned to accept less than you deserve because you're out of vibrational alignment with love. Like if, if you've never been taught what love feels like, if no one ever has given you unconditional love or who, or has never nurtured you properly or you know, was never doing something without some other motive, expecting something in return, you don't know what that feels like. And that's why those friends who were giving me what I really needed 
I sort of put on the back burner. Dr. Romani, this like narcissism psychologist on YouTube, talks a lot about this 90-10 rule where like when you're in a narcissistic relationship or a relationship with a, with a person who exhibits like narcissistic traits, they often are so demanding that they take up all of your time and energy, like all the thoughts in your head. You just like, you kind of live to serve them in a way. And so the people in your life that aren't that way end up getting much, much less of you. So you give 90 to the person who makes you miserable. You give 10 to the people who actually like fulfill you and make you happy and support you and love you. And then there's nothing left for yourself. And, you know, when I hear, when I heard that, I, it resonated with me. And I think about it every day because I see it happening in other people's relationships. I see it makes sense why certain groups of friends chose certain abusers over me, right? Because like they were giving their 90 to a toxic person and I was only asking 10, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and I, as I've healed, my and my frequency has risen and I give myself so much love like more love than I ever could have imagined getting from an outside source you know <laughs> just like an abundance of love an overwhelming amount of love I just love on myself day and night <laughs> um, that aligned me with love so when I saw love out in the wild out in the world I could seize it you know I could appreciate it I could be vulnerable with it. I was ready for it. And this was after trials and tribulations of like meeting love and running from it or trying to give love and, it, and them running from me or, or finally like receiving love and being shocked by it. Being like, you know, a dog that was abused that someone adopted right? Who was very kind and caring. And, and I was skittish, you know, I didn't trust it. I was waiting for the other shoe to drop, just like on edge with my CPTSD. And finally, like realizing, oh no, it's real. Like some people are just kind. There's kindness in the world. There's love in the world. And I know that because I am that, right? It has to exist elsewhere because it exists in me. And I just have to like teach myself how to find it recognize it, open to it, trust it, and then like love it for all it's worth. You know what I mean? <laughs> so people out there who hear positive messages, who see someone's light shining and they just can't fucking stand it. You know, they just have to stop it. They just have to squash it. They just have to bury it. They just have to sabotage it. It's because they're out of alignment with love. And I'm not saying this to guilt anyone. I'm not saying this to say like, oh, feel sorry for them. Keep giving them chances. Cause like they just don't love themselves. Like, no, it's sip your tea. That's none of your business. Like someone else's relationship with themselves is so beyond you. It is out of your jurisdiction. You do not owe anyone anything. You do not have to take care of them in that way. And besides you can't love someone for themselves. You can't, if you had, if you were able to, I would have done it 50 fucking times over. Like it is impossible. It is futile. You can't love someone for themselves. Um, and if someone else's lack of self-love is infringing on your own self-love, you know what you got to do. You got to walk on my child, walk on, get the fuck out of there, <laughs> leave them with their demons and send them love. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's really what I, you know, when I'm in my best 
mode, when I'm feeling my most generous and I see a comment like that, my heart breaks. Like I, what I feel is compassion because I'm like, this is such a gentle message and you are, it makes you angry, you know, like why does it make you angry? Like, I mean, I've talked about this before, but like most of us people, normal people, (laughs) you know, I don't use that word lightly, but you know, people who aren't trolls on the internet, like we see stuff we don't like all the time. And what do we do? We just keep scrolling. We don't get in the comments with some bullshit. Like, yes, if someone's like, if we're calling someone in, if something needs to be corrected, if we need to like give a more uh, nuanced or like positive take, you know, there's times and places and ways to respond. But, you know, you just see someone going about their day doing their thing and you need a comment like disgusting or whatever. It's like, what? <laughs> what What are you doing with your life that like that's your that's a way that you spend your free time. You think that's an acceptable thing to do. I don't know. It's really strange. And it just reminds me that like, not everyone is in recovery. Not everyone is healing. Not everyone is even like, they're so asleep to the miracle energy of love that they don't even, they haven't even scratched the surface, you know, like they can't even let someone else have it. And, and that's a really sad way to be. That's a sad existence to embody. And like, I feel for them, you know, and I hope that I plant a seed, even if, (laughs) even if it doesn't seem like I do. (laughs) Um, but to like, bring it back to ourselves, to like, bring it back to the individual, because that's why I changed the name to the song, which I'm sure people won't click on the episode because they'll be like, oh God, here's some Jesus bullshit or whatever (laughs) or just be like yeah yeah this little light of mine we've all heard the song (laughs) um you know I fluctuate I've talked about this on the podcast before but like bear with me as I repeat myself um we all or I fluctuate between we are all special every single person is special every single being is special every single atom is special and nothing is special right And that's because um, living in a system of hierarchies is difficult for me. Like, I think that that is capitalism's sneaky method of, of entwining morality with wealth and status and, and indoctrinating us into this belief that those who are higher on the totem pole or higher on the pyramid or like higher in the, on the ladder of success or whatever are morally superior, you know, that they have it because they deserve it or they've earned it or they're special or they're chosen or whatever instead of the truth. This fucking mirage of a meritocracy where everyone pretends that they've earned everything they have and they never stop to question like whether it's true you know whether they have earned it whether they do deserve it you know how they got there how many other people's work you know enables them to do theirs or whatever there's no class consciousness there's no nothing consciousness, you know, it's just like, I have it, so I must deserve it. And, and people really do believe this, you know what I mean? And that's why there's a resistance to questioning the white supremacist, capitalist, heteropatriarchy, because 
because it teaches people a certain entitlement. You know, it teaches people that like, if you have, you deserve what you have. And if you don't have anything, that's because you don't deserve it or you haven't worked hard enough or you don't want it enough. And if you do have, it means that you're better than the people who don't. And I, I see this quote all the time in like leftist spaces. That's like, capitalism's greatest like magic trick I'm paraphrasing was convincing us all that we're just you know future billionaires you know that we're just down on our luck billionaires but one day if we work hard enough or if we like bring the right antique to the antiques road show or step on enough people on our way up or whatever like we could be there too and and the fact of the matter is like it's just not true the system is designed for very few people to make it up there and you can bet your bottom dollar that the people who do are the worst people anybody's ever heard of like you just don't get where they get by being a good person with integrity so when I think like no one is special, that's why that comforts me. And it also kind of takes the pressure off of me to be special, to prove myself, to like do something great with this lifetime other than just enjoy my life <laughs> um, and be a good person. You know, it helps me deprogram the capitalist myth that like I'm somebody special who's going to be like discovered or I'm going to make it or like whatever bullshit we're fed so early, the American dream, you know, that like it is possible to rise above the, the class that you were born into or that like there is a way to shift your circumstances. And, you know, I do think that there is, I think that there's a lot you can do in this life. We have a lot more control than we think we do, but there's also the system itself is like working against you. It's like the fucking matrix or whatever. Like as soon as you become conscious up in this bitch, it starts turning on you or, or it's always turned on you. And then you start to notice like why things are so much harder than you, than for you than others or the things that you struggle with. Like why, how, how much information some people start their grown up lives with, how much of a nest egg, you know, you start and it makes you bitter and it makes you hopeless or, or it radicalizes you and it makes you, you know, a future world changer, if only in your interpersonal life, you know? And at the same time, like the everybody's special thing is really comforting. It just depends on the day and my mood. But everyone is special, meaning everyone has a unique light within them. Everyone has a unique vibe. Like if you think about your life and you picture the people who you have loved in it, like if you really think about it, no two people have the same frequency. Like no two people have the same vibe. No two fe- two, two people, uh, f- um, what's the word? Like inspire the same feelings, the same type of love in you. You know, each person you love, you have loved differently. If you're a parent, each kid you love a little differently because they are different people and you have a different vibe between you. I heard this thing once that in relationships, you know, there's three energies. There's like the individuals and then the relationship is its own entity, its own vibe. And I think that is the most beautiful thing. Like when I, when I think back on all the people whose paths have crossed mine 
and I think of our interaction and like the things we found funny together and and the types of talks we had and the and the reasons why the universe brought us together and just their vibe their laugh the way they look the way they feel like their voice just like everything about them and I think like there's I've never encountered anybody else in my life who is exactly like that you know you can have people remind you of other people but there's only one of each person really and truly even if they're identical twins like there's a difference and and that's true for you too you know I keep talking about or like touching on but maybe I'll do a whole episode on on this as well but you know the fear the resistance to being vulnerable is it like keeps us um it keeps us from letting each other know we see each other's lights you know it keeps us in a state of sort of that capitalist idea of like competition over community like if I see a light in you and we all have have this in us like don't get it twisted I have this in me too um and I I fight against it all the time because it bubbles up you know it bubbles up with jealousy it bubbles up with insecurity it bubbles up with imposter syndrome like we all have this impulse in us you see someone else's light and you're like fuck that light fuck that person's light like who do they think they are <laughs> or like what do they think they be- they're better than me or like oh yeah they're so lucky or you know any manner of narratives we tell ourselves about someone else's glow you know they probably slept their way to the top or like which, which is like what's wrong with that but anyway <laughs> I digress. Um, we tell ourselves, or we just start tearing them. They're down themselves. We start tearing. Sorry, Mercury um, cannot end soon enough. Uh, we start tearing them down in our head. We start looking for flaws. It's like you ever notice that that whenever a woman knows they're beautiful, everyone around like really knows it. Shouts it from the rooftops. Is like I'm a queen. I know it the street is my runway, kiss my feet. Like whenever someone is really confident, the first thing people want to do is tear them down. The first thing they want to do is be like, oh, she thinks she's so great. What about this flaw? What about that flaw? And you you get like schadenfreude off of picking this person apart, off, off of dimming their light. If, if Even if it's only in your own mind, like there's a glee, there's a satisfaction that you get from that. But this is, it's not natural. It's from capitalism. It's from this idea of scarcity that we're conditioned to live with. That is what a scarcity mindset is right is that there's not enough to go around there's not enough love in the world there's not enough male attention in the world patriarchy there's not enough admiration in the world there's not enough success and money in the world there's not enough power in the world and so any amount that anybody else has is a threat to mine and what do we do when we're threatened right (laughs) we fucking go in we want to stop that person we want to compete with that person we want to squash that person and none of this is is like true to our unique innate selves and none of it is all of it is in scarcity none of it is in abundance and just like with that compassion I was talking about earlier like the more you the more in touch with and aware of your light you are 
the less threatened you are by everyone else's and the more you can celebrate theirs. And, and going back to vulnerability, like if we all felt more comfortable telling each other, like, hey, I noticed you got a kick-ass light. Like, your light is so bright, and I love to see it. And when I see it, it inspires me to turn mine up brighter. And thank you so much for setting that example for me. I love it. I love to see it. <laughs> we can't do that. We have such a hard time doing that. I mean, like, think of the people in your life who have inspired you. Like, think of the people who you, like, met and they changed or shaped your life in some way. And then think about, did I ever tell them, you know, did I ever tell them that? Probably not. And if you did, the chances of it going well and them being cool about it are not great, honestly, because it's hard to give compliments. It's even harder to take them and people just don't know how. <laughs> and, um, and that's because we're out of alignment with love and everything is everything. <laughs> um, this like scarcity mindset is uh mine is tackled best by everyone is special because I remember that like if I am the universe made flesh you know like if I am a piece of the cosmos who is sent down here with a specific frequency to embody a certain set of like traumas and struggles and lessons and and um gifts and I'm here to like play the video game of life and learn how to access those in order to help the people who come after me and the people who are here with me then that means everyone else is also doing that you know everyone else has their own mission everyone else has their own gifts and talents their own struggles and lessons and my job is to like help them carry their burdens through life, you know, help them see the beauty in themselves, help them recognize God in themselves and the universe and me and everything around us. And we're supposed to do it together. Or some people were supposed to do it really, really, really far apart, but they're on their journey too, you know, and they're special too. Even the people I don't care for, even the people I don't like, even the people who comment negative things on my very hard work um and and gentle presentation <laughs> of loving concepts um everybody's on their own trip and some are doing better than others because life is just a soul school and not everybody's a good student you know what i mean but it doesn't mean that they're not special you know i think the thing that keeps us out of alignment with knowing our specialness is is the shame, is the just all the bullshit that we're inundated with from the second we stop being cute and start being people and have to listen to and receive the outside perceptions of us from people who may or may not be self-aware at all. You know, it's like the, I was thinking earlier today about how traumatizing it is to be marginalized like like I have trauma just about being fat like f f being gay aside being poor aside being a child of trauma aside like I had like you know uh, family trauma I have trauma just around being fat 
and people of color have trauma just around that and queer people have trauma just around that and just to exist in the world as a marginalized person like you are traumatized because you're forced to move through the world with people who are so loud about their wrong ass opinions and their own ignorance and their refusal to self-reflect and to unpack these beliefs who put it on you constantly you know people who are who are gender non-conforming like have to navigate the confusing waters of the gender binary from day one you know there's not a second you feel right in your body from you know, your young age until you figure it out, basically. You know, there's not a second you get to feel like home. There's not anywhere you go where you don't feel people scrutinizing you or trying to figure you out. Just like, you know, if you're a fat person, there's always a chance that someone is thinking something nasty about you when you're going about your life in public. And we know that. Like, we carry that around with us and we know that everywhere we go. And that's what makes us so preoccupied. And that keeps you from being present and it makes you afraid. And it's hard to heal trauma that's like ongoing and marginalized, like systemic trauma is perpetually ongoing because there's always going to be people in the world right now it's people with the most power who let you know you know what society thinks about you what they've been programmed to think what the majority of people probably think and say and like and wish for you behind closed doors and sometimes right out there in your fucking face and that's rough like that's hard but that's what creates the shame voice you know people who like the people who raised all of us who put in homophobic ideas who like carried their own internalized racism or or misogyny or capitalism or whatever like they just spew their unchallenged default settings <laughs> with wild abandon because they're not thinking they're not being considerate you know they're just regurgitating their original operating system and aren't interested in thinking about it any deeper than like just just that regurgitation and so that's who is programming our shame voice as children are people who are ignorant are people who aren't thinking or aren't thinking critically who have never been taught to think criti critically and they're people who will never access the fullness of their light you know they had it they lost it life wore them down it is very sad like my heart breaks for every person whose light gets like all but extinguished through life and we all know the types of people like think of think of the bitterest people you know you know think of the nastiest bitterest most closed-hearted hard-hearted fucking you know <laughs> difficult people you've ever met like clearly those people have suffered you know clearly those people have struggled and and have always been in and continue to be in tremendous pain like whether they have made it conscious whether they have acknowledged it or not like it doesn't mean they aren't hurting and and you know you have to at a certain point in your recovery go do I trust this person's opinion you know do I feel comfortable making this person an authority on who I am like do I continue listening to their perception of me 
even though they're a mess, you know, (laughs) and choosing not to like choosing like, nah, I'll keep the good and I'll throw the rest away is like so powerful as far as healing is concerned. And as far as like making your voice like yours, getting the shame voice out and putting your own voice in and and feeling the softness and the comfort and the healing of like being understood with inside your own head, inside your own body, being gentle with yourself, using loving phrases and and continuing to direct yourself towards loving thoughts and being compassionate and being patient. And you'll see you discover your light and throughout your life, instead of it getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer, it grows brighter and brighter and brighter. And, you know, there are plenty of people I could name who that happened to. It's like Dr. Maya Angelou. I've talked a lot about her in the past handful of episodes. Like, what a bright light. Like, what a person full of love. And it wasn't that her life wasn't messy. It wasn't that she didn't make mistakes. You know, she didn't claim to be a perfect person. She just was vulnerable and honest and loving and non-judgmental. And she kept growing and expanding her heart throughout all of her life and and practice what she preached you know and and it showed or like someone like Ram Das or I don't know there's like <laughs> I keep thinking of George Harrison and how like at the end of his life even though he was like not always a perfect person at the end of his life his family and friends talked about like how he glowed like he literally was glowing as he got closer and closer to death because he was just like the most loving version of himself. And I think that's amazing that that's possible for any of us to access, you know, that that trajectory is available to us. And like, that's definitely one. If I have a choice that I'm choosing, it seems much better than becoming the kind of person in your old age that like resists death and still can't love anybody and like never healed their trauma and sits at home watching Fox News all day and like hating and fearing the world, you know? Um, your light needs to be tended to, you know, it's like a plant. It's like a living thing. It needs taken care of. It needs fed. It needs protected. And, and that's how you get it to shine brighter and brighter real quick, because I babbled over the halfway point of this episode. We're going to take a break for some ads and we'll be back in a sec. Bye. Brought to you by the haunted mind of Brit Cannon. A walk-on production. Flight of the Final Girl. A journey through the nightmare of generational trauma and into the sunrise of survival. Run. Don't walk. It's Flight of the Final Girl. Anywhere books are sold. Welcome back. Um, try to picture your light within you. You know, mine is in my heart space. I don't know where yours would lie, but you can put it wherever you want. <laughs> Think of the color of it. Think of the brightness of it. Like, is it is it hot? Is it cold? Is it warm? <laughs> is it tingly? Like, what does it feel like? Is it pastel or is it like neon? Is it technicolor? Um, Think of it as 
like a divine gift. Like, you know, in, in fairy tales, how there's always like a godmother or godmothers or whatever. There's always like a witchy figure who comes to the baby and gives them a gift. It's like they make the, it's like, I think it's Sleeping Beauty where they give her, they make her beautiful, they make her sweet. And, and then the mean witch comes and curses her. <laughs> um, that's what your light is. Like, it's, it's like this person is going to be, if I'm describing myself, like if in the, the witch woman who made me, who like <laughs> concocted me in a cauldron, right? It's like, this person's going to be kind. This person's going to be weird in the best way. This person's going to be generous with their energy. This person's going to be insightful. This person's going to love music and love to sing. This person's going to appreciate every tree they walk past. This person's going to be a very loyal friend, almost to a fault. This person's going to be inquisitive and insatiable for knowledge. This person's going to be a little stubborn, <laughs> um, a little naive, and, um, and a little bit depressed. <laughs> and here I am, shining in all my glory. <laughs> and think of your concoction. Like, think of what imagine a, a crazy witch lady or whatever like cooking you in a cauldron and what would your traits be what is your light made of what does your light feel like think about the when people have gotten brave enough to compliment you what did they say you know beyond just physical appearance although you can always add that in too lord no sleeping beauty did <laughs> you know like is it are you funny like do you tend to make people laugh are you a great listener are you easy to be around? Are you the person people call when they need to like have some fun and blow off steam? Are you smart? Like, what are you smart about? Do you give good advice? Um, you know, <laughs> what things are you obsessed with that you know a lot about that you can like educate people on? Um, are you the kind of person that like always shows up to help people move? Are you, you know, are you, uh, really good at makeup like it can be as deep or not deep as as you want or it should be you know it's multifaceted there's many layers and levels and vantage points to view your light from like it shines in in all different ways and that's because the universe needs you to shine in all those ways and that's what makes you you that's what makes you beautiful that's what makes you important and that's what makes you special and the thing <laughs> the thing about nobody being special is that if everyone is special, it means nobody's special. It reminds me of this like anti-capitalist like kick I get on every once in a while where when I'm in a conversation with someone and I start talking about how like if for my money in an ideal world, like there would be no hierarchy regarding jobs. And I always use the metaphor of like a hospital. So like a doctor wouldn't be considered better than the custodian or the cafeteria worker, right? Everybody works in the community of a hospital to help it running. If only doctors existed there, nothing would ever be clean. You know, without the custodian, the hospital doesn't run. Without the kitchen worker, the hospital doesn't run. There are many different ways to care for people. There are many different ways to contribute to a community. And in an anarchist world, um, those all of those jobs would be 
treated equally, you know, as equally important, equally helping the hospital run, equally taking care of the patients. And there would be no more prestige or pay or honor or respect given to one over the other. And I can see when I say these kinds of things to people that they're like, there's always like a, (laughs) like a, several emotions pass over their face. It reminds me of the intro to like Roseanne. Remember when they did that really weird intro where they would like morph into different versions of themselves (laughs) oh the technology was wild (laughs) it reminds me of that you know like I'll see like confusion and then and then thoughtfulness and then like see their mind freaking out a little bit because like it's so different from how we do things and then kind of like yeah that could work and then you know you see all the emotions pass over their face and and it always comes to that like it's hard for me to wrap my head around that because it's so different from how we do things and so when I think like nobody's special that's what I think I think like if everyone is special then no one is more special that reminds me of like I think I've mentioned this before but I'm when I first moved to New York I was meeting a lot of spiritual people like people who were interested in tarot and astrology and like and who had read self-help books and and I was very excited because back home like I didn't have any friends like that I didn't know anyone like that everyone around me just thought I was losing my mind like they just thought I was (laughs) crazy and and so I was very excited to meet other spiritual people and I kept hearing over and over and this is not like, I'm not trying to humble brag or anything. I'm just, this is how it went down. I, I kept hearing from many different people over and over again. When they would talk to me, they'd be like, oh, wow, I'm used to being the most spiritual person I know, basically. And, and it always like kind of tripped me out because on the one hand, it's like, it's not a competition, you know, like everyone who's alive is spiritual whether or not they're tapped into their godness (laughs) um they are god you know they are the universe it's like astrology is motherfucking pulling your puppet strings whether you acknowledge that it's real or not like it's the universe is moving us the universe is doing its thing through us and everybody is an expression of the universe everyone like a broken clock, everyone is right once in a while. <laughs> uh, we all have a light. Like we're all gorgeous, perfect manifestations of the universe. Some of us lose our way more than others. Some of us um, have our heart turned off more than others. Some of us are more guarded or more obsessed with money or more addicted to power. You know, like it's not that everyone's a good person. It's not that everyone is loving. I'm not saying any of that. I'm not a turn the other cheek (laughs) kind of person for real, but like at our most raw, it's like every baby was a pure perfect loving cute little baby you know what I mean like we weren't born the way that we are uh as far as like trauma and and the way we harm others our dysfunctionalness like that wasn't something innate that was something that was put in us by lived experience (laughs) and and I always try when I'm having a hard time with someone to like see the wounded inner child because when I see that it's really hard for me to to go low as they say 
Um, instead, I just feel that compassion I was talking about where I'm like, ugh, what a terrible way to live. Like you're making life so miserable for yourself. And that's so sad because it doesn't have to be that way. And you're making it that way anyway. And like, are you ever going to learn your lesson? Probably not. And that sucks for you. And that makes me sad because I am a loving person. (laughs) Um, some people make it harder to do than others, but like I can get there with, I'll say with like a a majority of people that I come across anyway, you know, to say like, and it was always said with this tone of like, wow, I'm used to being the most spiritual person in a group. And it's like, you're already competing. Like you're already comparing yourself unfavorably to me. And that's not going to go well for me. And it's not fair because I'm not doing that to you. You know, like when I meet people, I love them. It's a thing I've had to work on. Um, I see everybody's beauty. I see everybody's light. I love to see it. I love to celebrate it. It makes me so happy. I think it's so beautiful how many different kinds of wonderful people there are in the world, how many different expressions of like the same talent. It's like every singer you've ever heard, every songwriter you've ever heard is like so different from the one before it. Isn't that amazing? Or like painters. The fact that you can tell certain painter styles from other painters or writers, you know, how some people, like someone could give you a paragraph excerpt of someone's book. And if you're familiar with the person's writing, like, you know, it's them. Like everybody has a voice. Everybody has a message. Everybody has themes that they come back to over and over and over. And that's amazing to me. That's like, that is a miracle to me. I want to celebrate that every day of my life and like bask in it. And, and I only get like, uh, get the like mm, bad vibes you know (laughs) get the the desire to kind of pull away from people and close up on them when they prove to be the kind of person who cannot access that abundance who is stuck in the in the scarcity mindset of like I'm competing with everyone I come across the way that anyone else shines is a direct threat to my light and so it's my job to like do away with them to sabotage them to like dim their light to make my friends hate them like whatever to prove to myself that they aren't as great as they think they are you know what I mean and that's a bummer like (laughs) it's a bummer that those people exist it's a bummer that it works so often because like the people who operate that way are the people who tend to do better in a capitalist system you know because they are playing the scarcity game they're like robbing and begging and borrowing and stealing from anyone they can to get where they're getting and and often people who are more sensitive who have more integrity don't do as well because they're you know they're up against a lot more it hurts them more to come in contact with those kinds of people they aren't always as loud or as boisterous or as like cutthroat or whatever and it works against them I'm not saying that like it's impossible because I think if if enough well-meaning self-aware loving people (laughs) who are in touch with their lights who are like on their mission can join forces I think that's like one of the most powerful things in the world that's why throughout time we've seen like artist communities like join forces uh, in order to 
not like in order, it wasn't on purpose, but they were just, you see these like communities of geniuses who were drawn together to like spend time together and be in relationship together and create art together. And it's some of the most timeless, important art that has ever existed, you know? And I think that's why. I think that there's strength in numbers. I think that when we're alone, we're very vulnerable in a bad way to like manipulation or exploitation or whatever. But like as a community standing up for one another, you're a lot safer and you get a lot further um, than, than someone whose main way of succeeding is to like stamp out other people's lights. Um, and, you know, just to like start wrapping things up here, like your light is precious. It's important. It's like something that you should honor and respect and protect, you know, tend to it, get in touch with it, express gratitude for it. Like really, truly roll up your sleeves and sink in to the beauty of it. Like get to know it. You should be able to think of the things that make you, you and like list them. If it only in your journal or in your phone or in your head or write yourself a letter and tell yourself how great you are, you know, what a good person you are, how, how you have, you know, loved certain people with all your heart or the things you have created or the connections you've made, you know, just think about the things you've overcome and, and picture that light, you know, become familiar with that light. So you know it, uh, sing the song of your frequency. You know what I mean? Like just really bask in it, like rub it all over yourself so that everywhere you go it's shining everywhere you go it's like hitting other people's light and bouncing and reflecting off them and expanding theirs and expanding yours and and watch yourself become more loving watch yourself become more magnetic watch more people go what the hell is that person up to? You know, like they've got something. There's, there's something special there. Like I'm drawn to this somehow. I'm inspired by this somehow. I'm braver because I see them being brave. And, and that is like the most powerful thing in the world. Like it's, it's not the kind of revolutionary change that is tangible. You know, it's nothing you can count. It's nothing you can like document necessarily. And because we don't know how to be vulnerable, like people don't often tell you when they help or when you help or inspire them. We tend to be a little bit shy and stingy with those sorts of compliments, but, and it's hard to give people credit. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like when you're a friend who gives good advice and like, and you know, you give good advice and you like counsel someone on something and then they say your advice as if it was their idea, like moments later. And you're like, that's what I just said. Like, I want to be mad at you, but I'm happy that you got it, you know? (laughs) Um, (laughs) People won't tell you when you make a difference in your life, but in their life, but you will. Like there's, it's impossible not to when you're really shining and you're really embodying that light and, and using it and, and, uh, and allowing it to guide you and guide your decisions and guide your actions everywhere you go. It's just so healing and so beautiful and so inspiring and everybody deserves to feel that. But it also means that you have to protect it a little bit. You know, you have to um, work on that shame, like constantly, every day, daily practice 
unpack that shame, when you start to talk mean to yourself, when you start to feel negatively towards yourself, when you make a little mistake and you just like go fucking in on yourself, when you bully yourself, when you doubt yourself, like go in with a loving energy, with a compassionate energy. Think of yourself like a child. How would you speak to a child? How would you teach a child? How would you guide a child? Don't add to that shame voice. Minimize the shame voice and replace it with your own, a loving voice, an understanding voice, a parental voice, an accepting voice, one that sees you in the fullness of you and knows that you aren't one mistake or one bad day or one failure or whatever, who sees the totality, the holistic, you know, glorious being that you are and and can say like I see that I love it I want more of it let's grow it and and notice also when someone is jealous of your light when someone is competing with you even if you're not competing with them and you think you can rise above it it's actually very hard to do and also those people don't tend to want to turn it off because it's it's protection for them it's it usually works for them and it's really hard to change something that is like working for you actually <laughs> just you know even if it's bad for everyone around you if it's working for you it's hard to stop so like notice those people love them be gentle with them like whatever you need to do but but protect your light you know it's the most important thing and um if everyone did that, everyone would gravitate towards the people that really get them and can support them and aren't threatened by their light. And then we can all shine, you know, and a world where we're all shining is like the place I want to be. The Walk On Podcast is a production of Walk On Productions. It is written, recorded, hosted, produced, and marketed by yours truly. <laughs> That's right, folks. It's a one-person dog and pony show. If you'd like to help keep us afloat, you can donate on our anchor.fm page. That's anchor.fm backslash Brit Cannon. You can also go to my website, BritCannon.me, to access lots of other things like the blog that goes along with this podcast, my two YouTube channels, the Walk On Podcast YouTube channel, and my personal YouTube channel that features my poetry and music. You can access the album Shiny Silver Snakes that I made with my good friend Lokomoko. You can find Mantra, the EP that Walk On, the theme song to this podcast, is part of. And you can find Flight of the Final Girl, which is my debut poetry collection. There's also merch, t-shirts, stickers, mugs, lots of other stuff with the swears on them. <laughs> there are photos, videos, and links to all of the services I offer, including tarot readings, astrology readings, mentorship services, if you'd like some one-on-one -on -one consultations outside of the realm of tarot and astrology. And you can also access my self-love course, which is a 30-day journal-centered self-love course that is designed to help you build a deeper friendship and more loving relationship with yourself. There are journal prompts, guided meditations, self-care rituals, letter writing assignments, and a whole lot more. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for doing the work. Happy healing. Until next time. Bye.